You're listening to Radio Influence. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. How's everybody doing out there this week? How is everybody doing out there this week? I hope everybody is doing grand because your boy, Mr. Black Moses, is indeed doing grand. I actually might be doing a little bit grander than grand this week. Um, Very exciting, very exciting news. The 2020 provisional schedule for the MotoGP season has been released. The 2020 GP calendar is out. The provisional, provisional. And what I've learned in my experience is that provisional typically means it it, it is the schedule. They might change one or two things, but for the most part, it's 99%. And so... Uh, I'm just excited. Always, I always get excited. Shout out to my boy, BT. Uh, make sure you read his MotoGP with BT in the pages of Sport Bikes Inc. magazine, www.sportbikesincmag.com. I know that he is, I'm going to use the word titillated. BT is probably titillated <laughs> with, <laughs> with excitement because, you know, the schedule, it, it's just one of those things. If you're a GP fan, if you're a GP, if you're a race fan, you know, GP is just whoo, the ultimate, the ultimate. So uh, let's just go over. I want to go over the schedule real quick with some highlights, with some highlights. The season kicks off in March, March the 8th in Qatar. OK, and everybody knows that that's that's such a, a great race because it happens at night. It's a night race. OK, so the track is lit up by these brilliant brilliant lighting this lighting system um that provides obvious that you know makes visibility a, you know it's not a problem it's not a problem it's the track is lit up like day like the day but it's at night it's in Qatar it's in the desert uh it's hot it's you know all the things that you would think about Qatar being it's the desert but it's always a great race and it just sets the tone for the season so a lot of great racing a lot of great Action, race, action. And that's, that's, wait a minute, that's March the 8th. That, that would be, that's, that's my birthday weekend. Yes, that is the weekend of Black Moses' birth. My birthday is March the 7th for anybody checking. So <laughs> that's going to be a great, I will make sure that that race weekend is part of my birthday, wherever I may be. I may be in Daytona. I don't know yet, um, but guaranteed it's going to be a party wherever I'm at and MotoGP will be part of my birthday weekend. I'm excited. Um, Moving on, you know, there's a couple of other highlights to tie GP. um, And I think that that is actually... Yeah, that was moved. That was moved. Now that's round two. Last year, this season, I believe it was round 14. I believe now that the Thai GP is going to be uh, in Thailand. The Thailand Grand Prix is going to be uh, the second round. And that's on the back end of March. And then, and then, and then, and then, America's GP at Circuit of the Americas, Austin, Texas, April the 5th, April the 5th. Um, that in its listen, listen, man, if you're a GP fan and you're in the States and you have not been to Coda, please, please, please make plans now, make plans now that is in the United States. 
the United States, to me, that is the ultimate, ultimate race event weekend. Um, Moto America has not announced their schedule yet, but I can't see why they wouldn't. They always do. So uh, it's going to be MotoGP. I'm going to predict and say that Moto America will be there as well. Um, it's just such a and I, that's typically the second race of the Moto America season. So we'll find out. I'll talk to my boy Paul uh, Carruthers over at Moto America and, and get the scoop on that. But um, again, there's just there's the race. There's the the town of Austin. There's Sixth Street. There's the food, the barbecue. It's Austin, Texas. Um, there's the music, the sound, the vibe, the culture, everything that is part of it's. It's just a great event. And then, of course, on Friday night is the Sport Bikes Inc. magazine MotoGP weekend launch party, and that's on. Uh, Friday nights, and you know we'll be returning to the Concrete Cowboy, uh, you know downtown Austin on Sixth Street. That's where the party kicks off, and I love I love that we're able to get so many different people from all different walks of life that have the same common bond, the same common passion of motorcycles in one room at the same time, and pretty much every in all in all positive, all great vibes. And it's pretty much everybody who doesn't have to be on track Saturday morning, they wind up at my party um, <laughs> on Friday night. It's a good time. So many great, so many great experiences. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. Moving on. Moving on. That's the America's GP. That's April 5th. From there, we're moving on to uh, Argentina. Argentina. That's April 19th. The Spanish GP. May the 3rd, the French GP is May 17th, the Italian GP, May 31st, the, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had a, uh, a funny memory, funny memory, um, the Catalan, and I just mispronounced that, that's fine, I don't care, somebody correct me, BT correct me, that GP is June the 7th, the German GP is June 21st. Uh, the Dutch GP is June the 28th, the Finnish GP. And I'm pretty sure that the Finnish GP in Finland, that is, that's the one that they are there. It's a waiting final approval, uh, homologation, FIM homologation. Um, but I think once that's cleared, that will be okay. It'll be, it'll be locked and loaded. And that's scheduled for July the 12th. The Czech GP is August the 9th. The Austrian GP is the 16th of August. The British GP is August the 30th. The San Marino GP is September the 13th. Aragon is October the 4th. The Japanese GP is October the 18th. The Australian GP, Phillip Island, is October the 25th. The Malaysian GP is November 1st. And this 2020 season wraps up, uh, provisionally speaking, as it were, uh, at the Valencia GP. And that's scheduled for November 15th of 2020. Um, you know, that is, that's pretty much the schedule. I, you know, like I said, it's 99% accurate. They always say provisional. There's always, you know, give or take, margin of error, whatever. 
for the most part. That's your 2020 MotoGP schedule. I want to give a shout out to my family at BN Sports. BN Sports, that's where you can catch all of, in the States, you can catch all of your MotoGP action. You can catch all of your World Superbike action. Um, great race coverage. Um, it's it's pretty much from flag, it's flag to flag. Um, and then they have supporting shows throughout the week to, uh, you know, wrap up race action, in-depth interviews, and what have you. So, yeah, shout out to my family over at BN Sports, man. Those guys, you know, when I can't make it to the race, that's where your boy Mr. Black Moses is watching the races. I like how I said that. When your boy Mr. Black Moses can't make it to a race, I'm watching the race on BN Sports. Holla at your boy. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Life in the Fast Lane. Let's ride. My guest this week hails from Dallas, Texas. She's a social media influencer. She's a cool-ass individual. Most importantly, she's a rider. Please welcome to Life in the Fast Lane, Brittany Wynn. How you doing? How are you? How are you? I'm doing great, actually. Good. Listen, listen, man, listen. I have been checking out the gram. I've been checking out the gram. <laughs> Yeah. And you are very, very popular on the gram, you know. <laughs> that's what they say. That's what they say. That's what they say. That's what they say, and that's what I see. <laughs> I want to, um, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for uh, hanging out with your boy, Mr. Black Moses, and uh, being on Life in the Fast Lane. Yeah, thank of you. course. Thank you very much. Um, let's get into it. Let's get into it. I want to talk to you about your history with motorcycles. My riding like, history. I'm sorry? My riding history? Your riding history. Yes. Okay. When did it when did you get the rider's bug? Probably, well honestly, like I've always wanted something to do with motorcycles, but no one in my family had ever rode and none of my friends had ever rode, so it was like I, I never had anyone to teach me how to go about it. And then about like three and a half years ago, I finally, I just really wanted to get into it. And I was like determined to. So I started seeing this guy who rode motorcycles and he left one day for work and left his motorcycle there and the key. So I watched a YouTube video on how to ride a bike. And then I took that bike around the neighborhood and rode and ended up dropping it and getting in a lot of trouble. So then I ended up taking my... you You said former boyfriend, right? Yeah, former, okay. former. <laughs> you stole the boy's bike? <laughs> yeah, no, former, for sure. Okay, okay. Yeah, and, and I ended up after that, I ended up going to my M endorsement class. I never knew they could teach you from start to finish on how to ride a bike there and, yeah. you know, provide your own bike. And that same day, I bought my 2016 R3, my okay. first bike. That's wonderful. Where? Let's back it up. Where are you from? I'm from Dallas, Dallas, Texas. I've lived here all my life. Okay, now wait a minute. We we might actually have a little problem here. Between oh, you yeah? And I. You know where I'm from, right? You're from L.A. Wrong. Wrong. Oh. I'm from Philadelphia. Oh, my gosh, that was close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, just on the other side of the country. Um, but, um, you know, I, I actually, that's not too far off. People... I do spend time in LA and people have often mistaken my whereabouts 
as being in LA or me being from LA. I have a lot of friends and people yeah. I consider family in LA. And I've I just been told knew that, that I have an you LA were, vibe. I just knew that you were you were friends with Key, you know, Kirati yeah. and and she so I just associated you being in LA with her. No, 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 no. Nothing, you know, LA's great and shout out to Key, what's going on? Um, it, it's, you know, I've, I'm, I'm a world traveler. I've tagged myself an international biker, but that's part of my job. Being a journalist, being a motor journalist is part of my job to travel the world and ride as many bikes as I can. But yeah. let's get back to our personal problem. Our personal problem. Are you a football mm-hmm. fan? I am actually. Mm, so that means that your not team a is who? Fan. Not a You're Cowboys not? fan. No, I'm a Dude, we are fan. We can be real friends now. We can be real <laughs> friends. I'm so against the Cowboys. We can oh, be best you friends. are awesome. <laughs> you know what? We don't even have to get into it any further than that. We can we get can back end to motorcycles. <laughs> Let's get back to motorcycles because we have established, we have a foundation <laughs> of, our, of our real friendship. Okay. We do. <laughs> We, we're not, we're not going to talk about the cowgirls. <laughs> we don't have to talk about football. We can good. get back to motorcycles. Okay, good. Okay, I feel I feel better. I feel, thank you. Thank you. I do okay. too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, all right, you're from Dallas. Um, mm-hmm. Your first bike was the, did you say 2016 Yamaha R3? Yes, it was. It was okay. a 2016 R3. And, and I had that bike for about four months until I was just itching to level up to a 600. And so then I sold it after four months. And then I went up to um, an 09 ZX6R. Okay. Okay. And that bike, bike was just so beautiful. I, I'm, I'm in love with Kawasaki. I bought two more Ka- Kawasaki since. What do you have in the stable right now? I have three bikes in the stable now. I actually have a Grom that I okay. bought last year. And then I have um, a fully stunted out 636. And then I have a stock 636. So Are you the stock one. As well? Yeah, yeah. What? Well, I'm learning. I'm okay. learning. <laughs> I did see a video of you. I think you were wheeling the Grom. Oh, did you see me wreck? <laughs> of course I did. Um, <laughs> I think, it was, wait, let's, let's not say wreck. Let's just say it got away from you a little bit. It just a little bit. It just a little bit. It just got, it just yeah. It just got away from you a little bit though. But you recovered. You recovered. Yeah. How's oh, your wheelie game now? Yeah, I mean it's it's part of learning though. I'm gonna have to loop it like a bunch more times to figure out how to you know work the foot brake enough to keep it up while yeah. I keep going. You know. You know what? I'm I'm if I can. Yeah, you know, I have a very very good friend. Very good friend. Mm-hmm. Big bro, big bro. Jason Britton told me, it's not even a secret. Once he told me, I thought it was a secret, but once he told me, it just made common sense. When you, how do you, uh, how do you cover your rear brake when you wheeling? Honestly, like that's my problem right now is covering it. Is, okay. is like before I'll go up, before I'll clutch up, I'll hit my foot brake a couple times just to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm being thoughtful of my foot brake and I'm remembering to use it. But every time I bring it up, man, I just, I don't know what makes me forget to use my foot brake. So that's okay. what I'm working yeah. on right I'm now. I'm going to drop a jewel on you right now. Your boy Black oh Moses God. is about to drop a jewel by way of Jason <laughs> so Britton. Ready. Shout out to big bro, Jason Britton. <laughs> Jason told me, he says, don't cover the rear brake. Use the rear brake. 
So he said that, and, I, and he told me, and I did it. And, it, and I'm not a wheelie guy. I'm not a stunner. I'm a track guy and a street rider. But every yeah. once in a while, it's nice to throw it up. So Jay said, what you're actually, you're going to apply the rear brake before you bring the front wheel up. So you don't have to worry about like covering it. You're actually controlling you know, yeah. your elevation. So just a jewel to drop, just a jewel wow, to drop. That makes so much sense. Doesn't it though, make sense? You know, it's not like a it, it does like to bring it up and still like be on it and just right. control how much you're on it. That exactly. makes so much sense. So again, it's not a, it, it, it sounds like it's like a trade secret, but it's not. It's just trade common sense. So, yeah, it, I don't know why I didn't think of that before. Neither did I. And I'm a smart guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It takes some time. Like, wow, I'm so glad you told me that. See, now, but again, again, you know, that's, I try to keep myself surrounded by knowledgeable people and people that mm-hmm. know what they're talking about and what they're doing. And I'm blessed to have big bro, Jason Brayton. I just remember he just, he told me that. And that was a couple of years ago. And when he told me, it was like, well, wait a minute, that, the same revelation that you just had, like, wait a minute, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It just makes sense. So it really hopefully does. you have to let me know. How that we'll follow up with you and when you yes, get the video on the gram, make sure you give your boy a shout out. Um, for sure. <laughs> yes, I want to see how that works out for you. But moving on, moving on. So we've yes. talked about stunt riding. We've talked about wait, wait, is that your ambition? Your ambition to be a stunt rider, or is that just mm-hmm. part of your bike life? You know, honestly, like whenever I bought my my stunt bike last year, I bought it on Valentine's day for myself. So I was single last Valentine's day. And I was like, you know what? I want to make this the best Valentine's day I've ever had. And so then I bought myself that 636 stunt bike for Valentine's day. And it was the best gift I've ever gotten. And the greatest part is it was for me, you know? Right. Right. You look, look, you got to take care of you. Damn it. Yeah. For number one. And so then, yeah. And, and then I started stunning on it and learning and then I kept getting hurt on it because it's in it's not a very forgiving bike to learn on you know it's Mm -hmm. a big bike and it's it's mostly for someone that already knows what they're doing so then I bought my Grom later on that year and that's what I've basically been learning to stun on but I just honestly like anything that you can do with the bike I love track riding just as much as I love stunt riding you know like I'll never choose one or the other What's your local, do you have a local track in Dallas? Um, well, closest one is probably Crescent, but I go to Coda in Austin because okay. it's not that far of a drive for that beautiful track. Yeah, yeah. I've ridden uh, Coda and I'm out there every year for GP. Oh, I'm sure yeah? You, I'm sure you've been, right? Mm-hmm. I've been okay. once. What? Yeah, I know, right? Annual, it's so close. Listen, listen, man. Every <laughs> year, every year, uh, I do a weekend a moto gp weekend jump off party at the cowboy the concrete <laughs> cowboy on 6th street okay? okay do you know that spot yes i do i know exactly where it is shout out to the co- concrete cowboy on 6th street every year yes. the sbi moto gp weekend kick off launch parties on friday nights i'm going to personally make sure that you are in the building cuz yes. they just you know they just announced the dates the dates for MotoGP next year mm-hmm. for the 2020 season. So I'm going to make sure that you are personally invited. We'd love to see you in the building. It's a good time. I would I, love that. Yeah. Oh, it's a rad time. We get everybody. We get uh, everybody that doesn't necessarily have to be on track <laughs> come Saturday morning. 
they're at our party on Friday night. So it's a good mix, open bar, good vibes, just people hanging out and, and just loving modal life. So I will make sure that you were there. But yes, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, I wanted to talk to you about, though, Coda. Mm-hmm. Your, is that the, your favorite track? To write? I have to say it is because I did one track day there, like my very first track day there. And everyone there that did the track with me was like, if you go to any other track after this one, you're going to be disappointed. And I mm. have been. <laughs> what other tracks have you been to? I've been to Crescent and Eagle Canyon. Okay. And These are all Texas tracks, right? Yeah, all Texas ones. And they're just really hilly and bumpy. And just Coda just has those nice slopes, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. to give you those good lean angles. And it's just so beautiful. I mean, it's it's hard to have that as your first track because then every other track is just shitty compared to it. But you know what though? It's a great, it's a great uh it's a great foundation for your for your track life. I remember like my home track is New Jersey Motorsports Park. Um and as I mentioned, being a journalist, you know, I travel all over the world and I've written a good a good number of tracks in the US. Coda, I've written once. And the first thing that I noticed was that that front straight, if you're standing right mm-hmm. at the start finish line and you look up, it basically looks like you're going to be launched into the oh, sky. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what I did learn is that when you get to the top, there it actually crests a little bit before you dip it in for the left hander. It so, really does. Yeah. You know, that's a beautiful, beautiful track. But once I got over that, like mentally, once I realized, okay, well, wait a minute. I'm not, I, I'm not going to send it right into the moon. I'm, I can actually get to the top. And it's not so, you know, it's not so much of a blind left turn. And for anybody listening that hasn't done CODA, you know, when you, when you get the opportunity to, Please, please, you know, expand your track, uh, your, your, oh, your yeah. track, you know, knowledge and, and, and opportunity and experiences. Get Dakota. It's one of the in the United States. I'm going to give it top three on oh, the Black yeah, Moses definitely. list of top of, of tracks. Top three. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Well, what do you what do you think is uh, what, what do you think about where? How can I say this? You know, it, it's 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 cool to talk to you because we haven't really met, man. We've talked a little bit just via mm-hmm. email, text, and what have you. But what do you think about what's going on with the influencer crowd now? With what's going on with Instagram, social media? I mean, I as think- I mentioned, we started off because you're you're very popular, but you have the you have you're a writer though. You're a writer. You're not just some. You're not fluff. Does that make sense? I feel it like does, there's a lot of fluff does. out there, male and female. There's a lot of fluff. I oh don't yeah, completely. I don't want to say you're. I almost said you're, you're not a fluffer, but that's just that just doesn't sound right. So. <laughs> no, I I understand completely. I mean, when it comes to being an influencer in the motorcycle community, like male or female, I feel like Instagram is a really great way to capitalize on all these opportunities that people just need to find someone that has this following. But I feel like as a female compared to a male, like we get less respect. Like we have to do more to get more respect. You know, I have to do more track days. I have to have better wheelies to get a little bit like an ounce of the respect that a male would, you know, with the same following because people always assume that 
oh, you know, me and Key were just having a conversation about this, that people always assume that we just, you know, will ride just for, you know, pictures with our bike. We take more pictures with our bike than we ride it or this and that. And right. it's like, you know, it's it's a little bit um, discouraging that in the motorcycle community that, you know, we're supposed to look out for one another because right. we already have cagers trying to, you know, get at us. And then it's like now we have motorcyclists getting at us as well, you know? And I just feel like as a female, like we have are given half the respect as males when it comes to bikes. Like there'll be little our riding knowledge, our how much we know about bikes, how much we ride. And when in the end, it really doesn't matter. Like let people do what they want with their own bikes. What do you, what do you, no, I agree with you a hundred percent. What, what do you say to, I'm sure you're probably on social, you probably get instant messages and DMs and I'm sure you get some, you get praise, but I'm sure you also get some shade thrown at you. Do you, how do you respond? Better question, better question. How would you advise an up and coming female rider to deal with the, let's just call it the bullshit. How, yeah. how would you advise them? How do you deal with the bullshit? Well, honestly, you know, like I said, me and Key were just talking about this. And she just recommended this book to me. And it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Oh, and stop. It's pause, pause, really pause, 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 pause. Put a pause Have on it. Have you read it? I've read it twice. Oh, my God. This book changed my life because we were talking about the hate that we get when it comes to being an influencer in the motorcycle community. And she said this changed her life because she used to get so upset at the things people would say. And then she read this book and it just really helped her to give better fucks. (laughs) You know, like, like that that really is it. (laughs) To give a fuck about better things. Cause you're always going to give a fuck. You just have to not give a fuck about the shitty things. (laughs) I don't know if I explained that right. (laughs) <laughs> you can say it wrong. It's, it's just, on that Ooh, note, that's like the essence of the book. Yeah. <laughs> on that note, okay. oh, my chest is hurting. Okay, listen, <laughs> listen, man. That was, I, you know, we could end the, we could end it here. We could end the just give here. better fucks. Yes, but um, in in all reality, in all reality. I've read that book and I agree with you. It's about what you give your energy and what you give your time to and prioritizing, prioritizing the mm-hmm. things that matter to you. And I've realized once I read that, and this conversation isn't about me, this conversation is about you. But when I realized that I was turning into my father, now my father is a very cool dude from North Philly, very cool dude, Okay. But my dad, if it didn't move him, he moved on. Mm-hmm. And that to me, as I turn, as I get, you know, I'm 44, as I get older and I've turned into, I'm becoming more and more like my dad every day. I get it. My dad just, my dad just, there's some things he cares about and there's some things that he doesn't. And time is fleeting. Life is short. And you have to be more guarded, way more guarded about the fucks you give. Oh, yeah. That book in itself. So if you're and I like how you tied that and I like I appreciate that. That Mm -hmm. is how you're you're that is a tool that you use to deal with the bullshit. And like I said, if it doesn't move me, I move on. People going exactly. People are going to feel however they're going to feel. And that's none of my business. If somebody doesn't like me, that's none of my business. 
I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not, it's not my job to convince somebody. Exactly. Like you can't be a life changing person to, to some people without being an embarrassment and a shame to others, you know, right. where, where they don't like you. Like you can't have life without adversity. I'm, see, you are deep. I'm, this is a very Thank good you. conversation. <laughs> you are, you are, look, I'm about to give you the hashtag Black Moses approved, all right? Matter of fact, I'm going to give it to you. Hashtag Black Moses approved. Brittany Wynn, you was all right with me. You was all right with your boy, Mr. Black Moses. Moving on. I want to make sure that we talk about, we talk about, you had a, can we say life-changing Oh, completely. It It was like, my life was divided in life before my wreck and life after, and it will forever be divided like that. Well, let's talk about, you know, we don't have to get into the details of it if you don't want to, but I think mm-hmm. it's important to, you talk about life experiences and getting from point A to point B. You had a pretty traumatic car accident. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well, I actually talk to us about got that? hit. I got hit by a drunk driver and she even had an open container in her car, you know, newly 21 year old girl. And she had hit me on my driver's side door. So, so it was you were in a car. That, you were in a car when this Yeah, happened. yeah. Okay. In a car. And um it was proven that I was wearing my seatbelt because it was still clicked into my car. So when she had hit me, she hit the part where your seatbelt's clicked in, so it broke it off me. And wow. then my car had flipped three times. Whoa. Yeah. And what so year was this? It was it was ridiculous, ridiculous. And, you know, I had never broken a bone in my body until that day. And I had broken over 20 in that in that time. And, you know, I had broken, you know, nine ribs, eight spinous processes, which are like the cross looking things on your spine. Yeah. I broke my humerus, which now a metal plate's holding that together. I broke my pelvis in two places. Uh, one of my lungs collapsed and the other was full of blood and um, my brain was full of blood and I had a contusion on my brain. And wow. um, the worst part was my spinal cord moved six millimeters, which technically paralyzed me from the waist down. And so they did spinal fusion surgery on me of like about a week later and it put a bracket and eight screws on my spine which hold my spine in place so that I'm able to walk again. And even though I had that spinal fusion, I was still in a wheelchair for three months after that. And, um, you know, like it was completely life-changing and, and I have a higher risk when it comes to riding than most people because of that bracket on my spine and how that bracket, if it's ever moved in any sort of way could potentially paralyzed me for the rest of my life let's let's just pause for a second what year was this this was a little over two years ago actually yeah the anniversary was august 1st so i just hit the two-year mark that is insane i know and you know like when it happened i i really didn't even think i would be anywhere where i'm at especially within two years i never thought i would be you are universe. I mean, that's a testament to your universal will and strength, and just wanting to to live. That's survival. That's survival. That is wow. Yeah, and you know that. 
just when I was in a wheelchair, I would just look up at the ceiling every day and just dream about bikes and riding again. And every day, that's all I would think about. That's all I would read about. And everyone on my Instagram, everyone on my Facebook would be riding bikes and just going along. And it's like, you know, I was in a car wreck, but it still took bikes away from me. And it was just so debilitating more mentally than it was physically. And so then after I got out of the hospital, I was in the hospital for like 34 days. I was in a wheelchair for three months after that. And then I finally got out of the wheelchair and I started walking slowly again, learning how to walk again. And then after my wreck, I only waited seven months. And then I finally just tried to get on the bike again. Mm. And I would start with like, you know, small rides, just going around the neighborhood and stuff until finally I was able to build it up. But still, you know, it scared me with my spinal fusion, just riding in general, because I was so scared that something would happen. And, you know, but then I finally got to a point where I was like, I don't want this wreck to define me anymore. I don't want it to define the things that I love, the, the things that I want to do with my life because that's what it's doing and it's it's going to hold me back from a lot of things but i don't want it to hold me back from that you know that's amazing wow i mean like (coughs) excuse me um that is uh one hell of a one hell of an experience and to think that it only happened two years ago where are you at in recovery are you Honestly, are you still doing physical therapy? Are you 90%, 95%, 100 Where are you? You know, honestly, like, I don't know what to say when it comes to percentage, but, like, I'm not in physical therapy anymore. I, I know how to do things on my own right. enough to where, like, I can, like, massage your... My mom's also a massage therapist, lucky okay. for me, so yeah, I always yeah, get yeah. massages by her. Okay, so, all right. That always also, helps. like... As shitty as it is, every three to five weeks, I get surgery on my spine for the pain that I get that, you know, causes me from the bracket. I get, Wait, you, you know, said every, every how many weeks? Three to five weeks. Three to five weeks, you get surgery. Yeah, and it's called, um, I get a lumbar facet injection and a lumbar rhizotomy. So one of those is like a spinal injection where they inject stuff into my spine to freeze the nerves that send signals to my brain to tell me I'm in pain. And another surgery is to burn those nerves so that they don't work again. But I mean, they're still going to recover over time. And that's why I have to get all these things done so much. And, you know, it just it's it's something that I'm never going to escape, but I can only learn to deal with and live with. That is, you know, what you, I have, if I didn't respect you, I wouldn't have had you on the show. But it's, Thank you. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I have more respect for you now as a, not just a writer, but just as your human spirit. I mean, because you are, you're enduring, you're enduring a lot and you're still yeah. doing what you love. And I like how you said that you weren't going to let that experience define who you are. So my helmet is off to you. Um, I I, want to, you know, I just, wow, I just want to say thank you. I mean, thank you. I'm glad you had me on to talk about this, too, because I've always wanted to tell my story like this because I feel like my story is one that 
if someone that hears it that has been down and doesn't know if they can get back up or that has an injury, you know, to know that not only I got up, but a girl at that went through all these things and still didn't let that take her from bikes. You know, I hope they can help at least like one person know that they can do it too. And it should silence all the, the, the critics. Anybody out, you know what I mean? We just funny. We were just talking it really about, should. Like, yeah. They should shut. I'm going to, they should shut the hell up. They should shut yeah. the hell up. Right. You, right. <laughs> you have you been are so through, right. <laughs> you know, that's crazy. Listen, listen, Um, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to ask you, I do want to ask you, it's redundant to say that motorcycles have enriched your life. It's mm-hmm. redundant. But is there any particular memory or is there any particular experience on, on two wheels that stands out for you? You know, honestly, like I have a hard time with appreciating the moment that I'm in at times. Like I'm always looking forward to the next project I have, or I'm always looking to the past at what I've overcome, but Mm -hmm. I'm never appreciating the moment that I'm in. And that's the moment that matters the most. And Mm. when I ride my bikes, you know, it's that moment when you're on two wheels that really just makes you just appreciate life and appreciate that moment that you're in and just because that's what happiness is, is just appreciating the moment that you're in instead of always being on the pursuit of it. You know, if that you makes sense. Deep. Yeah, you are deep. <laughs> just sprinkle it a little. <laughs> you, you a sprinkle. You, you a sprinkle. You, I, you know, you are cool. I like you. I like you. Um, no, that's that. But, you know, you're absolutely right. That's why they say the present is a present. You dig? You're right. You're you right. I haven't even thought of it like that. Let, it ma- let that. Let me sprinkle that on you. Let that marinate. I'm sprinkle and marinate. down. Yeah. 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 You like that? All right. You boy, Black We're Moses. Cooking up some knowledge. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> dropping. We call that we dropping jewels. We dropping jewels. Okay? <laughs> we dropping them all day. Drop it all day. All right. Now listen, listen, man. Now every every episode of Life in the Fast Lane is. Uh, you know, we, we, we do something we call the super pole section. Okay. In which, <clears throat> excuse me, I ask my guests three, sometimes four questions and they're standard questions. Uh, but it's more about your rapid response, your rapid truth. So oh God, I need you. So yes, yes, yes. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. <laughs> you just dropped a whole bunch of jewels. You fine. You all right. You'd be just fine. Okay. So, um, Without further ado, are you ready for I'm, the Super Bowl I'm session? so ready. Okay. All right. Now, question number one. Question number one. Tupac or Biggie? Biggie all the way. Whoa. You came with the quickness with that it's one. All okay, good, baby, baby. <laughs> hey, say, say that one more again. <laughs> say it again. Say it again. It's all good, baby, baby. Wow. Okay. Is there any particular reason? Do you have any special affinity for Biggie over Pac or? I just always listened to Biggie growing up and I never really liked Tupac, you know? Okay. I I just, it's more of a, just the way I grew up thing. Okay. Thug life. Okay. I can dig it. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Question number two. Dragon knees or popping wheelies? Oh, popping wheelies. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, all the way. Because okay. I mean, like in my in my mind, from popping wheelies, it's low speed, mm-hmm. and I'm you know I'm I'm wearing gear too. But I mean, if I'm dragging knee, yeah, I'm wearing gear, but that has a 
lot more of a risk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know does. what I mean? Yeah. It does. It does. So it's I mean, more you, on, on a safety thing. I would choose wheelies. I can respect that. I can respect that. Yeah. Again, I'm going to need to, you know, we will to follow up with you about you using the rear brake. Oh, yeah. Covering oh, we'll, yeah. We'll do some follow up with that. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Last and final question of the Super Bowl section on this episode of Life in the Fast Lane hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. Are you ready? I'm ready. If you could take a ride with anyone living, no longer with us, biblical, mythical, uh, fictional, who would you ride with? Jason wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Who would you ride with? What would you be riding? And where would you be riding to? Uh, I would Jason Momoa. And I would be riding in age two. And we'd be riding in the sunset all the way to our mansion to go home. <laughs> so this is something that you've obviously thought about. <laughs> he do not know who he is. He's Aquaman. <laughs> I know. I was about to say. Go talk to, go talk to some fishes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it all. Oh. <laughs> we'll throw some tomahawks. Oh like. my God. You know what? That's a great answer. That is a great answer. Listen, Brittany, thank you so much. Thank you so much for hanging out and uh, sharing your story. Um, is there anybody that you want to give a shout out to, say thank you to? And, uh, and most importantly, I want to make sure that the listeners have access to following and supporting your journey on social media. So let's give some shout outs. Let's say some thanks. And then let's also make sure that your social media accounts are given. I want to say a shout out and thank you to Key because she has really been there for me. She's been the person that has really motivated me to reach my full potential. And when I've had times of doubt in myself, she's reassured me and she's always been there for me. And I love that girl to death. That's beautiful. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. Nice. Anybody else you want to say thank you to? Or? And I want to say thank you to Lace, my boyfriend, because he always same. makes sure that I'm taken care of and that my bike is 100%. And always teaches me everything I want to know about my bike and how that's I can take care of it on my own. That's a good look right there. Where can we where can we follow and support your journey? At Brittany Wynn on Instagram. It's B R I T T A N Y W I N N N. It's three N's. <laughs> Brittany, you are officially hashtag Black Moses approved and Black Moses appreciates you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Anytime. I'll talk, I'll talk to you soon. And we'll definitely see each other. Coda, MotoGP, 2020. 100 No, 200%. 200%. You know it. You know yeah. it. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. That's our show for this week. Listen, man, I want to give a huge shout out and a major thank you to Brittany. Brittany Wynn, thank you for hanging out with your boy this week. You have such a great you know, your journey, your journey, you know, is it's at the beginning, you know, at the beginning. But, you know, you've been through so much and you, you've got so much more to experience. You're going to, you know, you're just at the beginning and you've got such a great, great story that you're telling. So um, thank you for spending time with your boy, Mr. Black Moses, on this episode. Listen, man, listen, please, please follow the show on Instagram at Life in the Fast Lane Official on Twitter at L-I-T-F-L official and on Facebook at Life in the Fast Lane podcast. Please, as always, hit that like, hit that share, hit that subscribe button. 
And we'll be right back here next Friday with an all-new episode of Life in the Fast Lane, hosted by me, your boy, Mr. Black Moses. I'm gone! Hey gang, Jerry Pizza Hug here, co-host of the brand new podcast called A Place for My Head. Each week, Brandon Thompson and I are going to be talking about the importance of mental health. We're going to be talking everything from stress, anxiety, different mental illnesses, different chronic illnesses, and frankly, the rigors of everyday life and how we all struggle to get through it. We're not medical professionals, but we are looking to start that conversation that needs to be had about the stigma around mental illness and how it affects us every single day. We'll talk to experts, but at the end of the day, A Place for My Head is all about real people with real stories about real life. Subscribe now to A Place for My Head with Brandon Thompson and myself, Jerry Petock. First show drops Monday, September 2nd on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.